Hey, this is Rob Harder with Making Your World Better, a nonprofit leadership show where real stories from real people who are coming up with real solutions to solve society's biggest challenges. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? How do people fundraise in an economy that is constantly in flux? How do you relate to board members in a way that inspires them to make a difference? What are the best practices that separate effective nonprofits from others? It is my hope that through these episodes, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear real stories from real leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy this series as together we hear how they're making their world better. Well, cancer is something we are all impacted by. Perhaps it's your mom or your dad, your wife or your son, or perhaps a friend or a neighbor. Nearly all of us know someone whose life has been directly impacted by cancer. Interestingly, Qualtrics is a company that started in the aftermath of one of the founders discovering that he had cancer. What started in the basement of a home in Utah has now turned into one of the most successful tech companies today. Qualtrics is a fast-growing tech company who was recently bought by SAP for $8 billion. Well, Qualtrics offers a subscription software platform that provides survey and feedback software that some of the world's most well-known companies are using to close, quote, the experience gaps in order to provide data-informed results. But they've never forgotten their roots. They have built into their DNA as a company this desire to make a social impact, specifically around the issue of cancer and cancer research. My guest today is Lori Morenzi Kuhn, and she is Qualtrics' head of social impact. Lori will share how Qualtrics is seeking to make a significant social impact, not just a financial one. Enjoy today's show. Well, Lori, thanks for being on the show. Tell us, first of all, a bit more about your role and responsibilities at Qualtrics. And for those new to this term, what exactly does it mean to serve as the head of social impact? Well, thank you for having me. First of all, this is awesome. I love what you're doing, and I think it's such a gift to the nonprofit community and the business community. So quick step back, Qualtrics, just a little bit of background on Qualtrics. Um, we were actually founded because of cancer in that our founders, our co-founders, one of them was going through cancer. And so he actually was a professor at BYU and had a really gnarly diagnosis and invited his family home and said, you know, I don't know how much time I have. So one of the sons came home. Um, and they really just spent time together. Ryan Smith, our co-founder, said, you know, this is kind of bonus time. And so they basically, instead of like tinkering on a Mustang or something, they built this uh, tech company in their basement, which has now become, you know, an $8 billion company. And we are an experience management company. And so we really, we have roots in cancer. And so we've never really forgotten that. Um, and that's what our social impact really is, is around cancer research. We have a lot of other causes that we are a part of um, because we're an experience management company, which is basically like, I don't know if you've heard that term, but it's basically like everything we do through our day, we're having experiences and they're good or bad. So you've probably had an experience this morning. You had a good experience at getting a cup of coffee or negative or whatever. And so our, um, our focus is to really help close the gap between what companies and employee employers think that their customers and employees are experiencing versus um, what they actually are. And so that's what Qualtrics does. And as the head of social impact, I get to really close the gap for probably one of the worst experiences which could happen in someone's life, which is a cancer diagnosis. So although we have a lot of causes, so we have 
you know, we have our Q groups. We've worked on programs for the LGBTQ plus community. We are the we were one of the first sponsors of Encircle and Love Loud, which is a um, a conference here that really helps our population feel you know just unconditional love in the LGBTQ plus community. Um, we also do we work with the Board List, which is a organization that helps source and find the right women for to serve on different boards and really improve that you know, just the representation of women on boards for both nonprofits and corporate boards. Um, and as well as we work with, uh, we have a women's leadership development group and Mosaic, which is a diversity and inclusion campaign and our obviously green team and Q enable, which is for folks with, you know, different abilities. So we really want to be a part of causes that our employees really care about and improve the experiences there. But we've decided to go all in really one of our core um, pillars is to go all in on things. And that's the the focus that we've really uh, brought to one issue is the issue of cancer. So um, that's kind of what I head up. My purpose on earth is really to fund cancer research. I'm not a scientist myself, but I'm passionate about this cause. And I really have devoted my whole career re- pretty much to um, serving the cancer research and the cancer community. And I'm just excited to do it this way. So not only do we um, help support these other causes, but we really focus on cancer research. And we've created this nonprofit called Five for the Fight which just simply is let's invite everyone to give $5 for the fight against cancer. Thanks for that. Now, some people are calling social entrepreneurship the new business model. According to a recent article in Forbes magazine, in fact, says this, today's young people are as concerned with making a positive impact on the world as they are with making money. A whopping 94% want to use their skills to benefit a cause. That's according to Mamie Fox in a recent article by Forbes. In your role at Qualtrics, do you agree that this is the new business model? Why or why not? So, I mean, companies are made up of people, right? And people just want to know that they have an impact. They want to do good work and they want to be in collaboration with each other. And so one of the things that Qualtrics really focuses on is, you know, not only customer experience and brand experience, but is employee experience. And so we actually find that companies want to measure moments that matter. And one of the moments that matter is um, when a company really, when an employee kind of finds their purpose, obviously not just their main role, but also plugging into some of their other um, passions. And so, of course, people, they want to find companies that are really treating them like a whole person that they can bring their whole, whole self to work. And I've heard so many times, you know, I really heard about Qualtrics because I saw the patch on the Utah jazz uniform, or, um, you know, I, I met with someone yesterday who said, you know, my mom died when I was, um, you know, in my early twenties. And I really felt like Qualtrics was the place for me because I knew that I would find, you know, people who were passionate about this cause. And so I think that Um, People can find their place in a company if they're involved in sustainability issues or women's leadership or diversity inclusion. But we need to make sure that we are giving them easy ways to be a part of that. And so that's how we we do it through Q groups and through Five for the Fight. Um, So definitely, I mean, I don't think it's a new thing necessarily, but I think we're just now measuring it. So like with Qualtrics, we have this thing called the Thrive XM Index that we work on with Ariana Huffington and Thrive. And it's really, yeah, we know people want to feel a certain way when they're at work, but how do we actually measure that? And what are the moments that matter? So when you are onboarded as a new employee or when you go out on maternity leave and you come back or when you've served on a different committee, like how can we actually measure those moments and really see how it helps 
um, attract and retain really good talent because we're going to be growing and companies are always growing, right? Qualtrics itself, we're going to be growing to 8,500 employees soon. And so how do we, um, how do we find people who are passionate, who are smart, who we're not going to tell them what to do. They're going to tell us what they're going to do and get out of their way so they can, you know, help us grow as a company. And I think that every company is really seeking ways to differentiate themselves from the, you know, the competition and, and for them to feel a part of something bigger. So, um, is it, I don't know if it's necessarily a new model, but we're just now able to measure it a little bit better and focus more on it as opposed to saying, Oh, that's just work, you know? just close that door and, and move on. I think we're, we're now saying, okay, now really, how can we improve the employee experience so that we can keep people here and make sure they're happy and make sure they're growing as, as individuals and, and within this company. Okay. So perhaps you could talk about the balance you need to strike between making an impact socially on the one hand, but also bringing in revenue on the other. How do you balance these potentially at times competing purposes? So Qualtrics is a for-profit company, but we've started, you know, this nonprofit called Five for the Fight, which is an independent foundation, which, you know, it's not a Qualtrics thing. It's an everybody thing because unfortunately cancer has touched everyone. I think you could, everyone who's listening could think of someone and you you yourself who has gone through cancer. Um, So I would just, I don't know, I I think back to... um, watching Ryan Smith, our founder. And I remember I worked at Huntsman Cancer Institute for Mr. John Huntsman Sr. And I remember introducing him to Ryan and they sat down two business leaders together, you know, one sort of young entrepreneur and one who was, you know, at the end of his career, who was um, ready to impart wisdom and pass torches in certain ways. But they sat down together. And I remember thinking, you know, just watching them and Mr. Huntsman said to Ryan, you know, Ryan, what you're doing with your tech company. And I think he even said like Qualtronics or something like what you're doing with uh, this company you're building is really great, but I think you're going to be known and better loved for what you're doing for cancer research. And I just saw like a shift in Ryan. I, I think he always had that passion. It's a lot of pressure to take from someone like a John Huntsman, who is just, you know, one of the foremost philanthropists of our time and was standing there the moment in 1971 when the war on cancer was declared. Um, so to watch that happen, I think that as business leaders and as nonprofit leaders, I think that that statement that Mr. Huntsman said really holds true. We're going to be, we're doing good things in our work. Um, the products we're making, the services we're bringing to market are incredible, but we're going to be known and better love for what we're doing for humanity and how we're serving each other and making a more inclusive world for everyone and, and tackling some of our toughest health issues. You know, that's what I really take away from here's someone who's an incredible business leader, Mr. Huntsman, but he really, you know, in his, his last days, he was focused on, um, how do, you know, what impact did I really make? And he left a huge legacy of the Huntsman Cancer Institute, which is a world leader. Um, and that's his proudest. I think those are his proudest moments is when he was able to sit with patients during chemo or give someone a hug or, you know, that really, um, at the end of his time, that's really what he circled back to. And so I think that we need to have that perspective and of looking back, you know, how, first of all, we need to dream big dreams, like what you're, what you're doing here. And most nonprofit leaders, they're not just 
making micro changes. They are making micro changes, but they're adding to something big. So what I've learned from both Mr. Huntsman and Ryan Smith is that you should dream big dreams. Um, where our goal is $50 million and to really move the needle in hiring more cancer researchers, bringing new scientists into the pipeline. But, uh, that, you know, it's kind of crazy when you think about it, $50 million in a short period of time is a lot of money, but I think that you have to dream big dreams and then line up your day to really see that you're using your time to that purpose, because there's a lot of things that are distracting. So I think, you know, being here today, it's like, there might be a company out there that might want to be a part of five for the fight. And I think, um, they can be a part of it just through employee giving, which is just $5 per pay period. So we use that Qualtrics platform and we take that to a company that wants to do an employee giving program and we kind of run it for them and allow them to use Qualtrics for free. This has been really interesting so far. Okay. So what have been some of the results you have seen so far and more specifically, what kind of data points or perhaps discoveries are you finding regarding integrated social impact models within the private sector? And how is this impacting the nonprofit sector? Well, it definitely is. I mean, I think what makes fight for the fight so special is that we wanted to create a movement. And so that's what's happening now. So when you're sitting at a jazz game, you can participate in five for the fight. When you're at a company that does five for the fight giving, you can easily just click a button and um, donate $5 per pay period. Or when you're at a Utah BYU game, you can be a part of it. And I think what we're trying to do is we're finding an intersection between business and also sport as a mechanism for change and for um, creating a crowdsourced, crowdfunded movement. And I think that's that's the data point I would say is that just the fact that we've created this movement, it was just, it came from a crazy idea of, okay, there's only a couple of philanthropists that can do millions of dollars, but what if everyone could give $5? So just the fact that it's happening is incredible. But then all of those companies and all of those donors, the aggregate of that is, but the impact has been about $24 million for cancer researchers, both here in Utah, as well as out throughout the world. So we funded researchers like Dr. Schiffman at Huntsman Cancer Institute. I don't know if you've heard of his work, but he studies um, why elephants don't get cancer crazy enough. So they have this tumor suppressor, this TP53 protein that we actually have less of. And so trying to use that discovery to say, to taking the curiosity of why do, why do elephants don't get, why don't, why do they not get cancer when they have so many more cells, they should have so much more cancer. How do we take that finding and apply that to humans? And he is really, um, doing an incredible job than now getting it into a nanoparticle, working with this, um, Technion Institute in Israel and getting it into an animal model right now, just testing it. But so we've been, he's walked with us from the beginning. He was our first researcher that we supported and we've grown to six or seven researchers and even hired two researchers in Ireland where we have a great uh, group of people who are really passionate about cancer research, who had a leader there who passed away from cancer and they really are doing it in his honor. So that those are the data points. And then we, we, you know, we've really created this five for the fight month, which is in May. And we had about 1200 participants in a 5k for the fight, just global virtual people running and walking at the same time from 20 different countries. And we have about 26 companies who are doing five for the fight as a company, whether it's like a point of sale campaign, you know, you can go to the UPS store, um, certain stores and add $5 to your, to your transaction or employee giving, which companies can come forth and, um, invite their employees to give $5 per pay period. So just really trying to scale it. I think at Qualtrics too, I've learned this lesson of like nail it and scale it. And we're really focused right now to get a hundred companies that are doing five for the fight. 
Hey everybody, Rob here. Thanks so much for listening to the Nonprofit Leadership Show. If this is your first time listening to us, I wanted to make sure you were aware of a whole group of other interviews with fascinating guests that I've previously interviewed. Just go to our website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org, and there you'll find numerous interviews of nonprofit leaders from all over the country, even from different countries, all trying to make their world better. I think you'll really enjoy those interviews. We want to give you more content, and we'd like to get that information to you. And all you have to do is give us your email. When you go to that website, you can put your email address in that first box you'll see on the front page, and you'll be added to our monthly email update. In addition to some great content, you'll see the latest uh, podcast shows that will be actually sent right to your inbox. And that way, you'll never miss any of the great content on this show. The other thing I'll mention to you is if you have questions or comments or you'd like to be on the show, do not hesitate to email me. I'd love to hear from you. Just do that through our website, my email, rob at ccofpc.org. Well, thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. Now, Qualtrics has grown quite a bit, and now they are an international organization. And as you grow and expand, I'm curious as to how you seek to collaborate with or even come alongside other nonprofits who perhaps are also doing great cancer research or cancer awareness. How do you come alongside other nonprofits? Good question. So we actually, you know, we don't conduct the cancer research ourselves. We are funding cancer researchers, at mostly um, National Comprehensive Cancer in the U.S., NCCN designated centers. So we don't think that one center has the market on good ideas. And we really, we saw a need that donors felt that cancer research was an abstract concept. And so we really try to connect them with a human being that's conducting the work and learn about why is Dr. Schiffman so passionate about cancer research? Well, he's a cancer survivor himself from, you know, a childhood cancer survivor. And he remembers sitting in bed in the summer while his friends were playing. And although he didn't want to go necessarily and be a doctor, what his dad, it called him. And then he ended up, um, you know, really basically dedicating his life to eradicating cancer. So I think people really they they want to be connected to the stories. They want to know that this researcher isn't just this robot in a lab. Um, most people have a story, and that's what Five for the Fight is all about: is dedicating your five dollars in honor honor or memory of someone. So I would say I would write on my hand, "Mom," and say, "My five for the fight is for my mom." So I could even ask you, like, "Who's your five for?" Mm-hmm. And that's kind of um, what we try to do. So we work with. In the nonprofit sector, we really work with these cancer centers to grant them money. Sometimes we just call them and say, uh, you know, we want to talk to you about who your best and brightest are and learn about what your needs are and how can we help you. We want to bring companies to support you. And I think that's our gift is that we can connect donors with nonprofits that who people who normally wouldn't have donated because they might think, oh, we really can't make an impact. We don't have $50,000, but we do have a thousand employees. And so I think that's the, that's the sweet spot for us is to really just bring new people to their fold. And I, you know, sometimes they're pretty surprised that this is just how we're rolling, but uh, we're just trying to find the best and brightest people out there because in technology, you know, you want to bring, if you have a problem, you just want to bring your best engineers. And so that that's our business, right? Tech. So we, we want to do the same thing for cancer research is we want to bring the best and brightest people, men and women to that line of work. And also, um, just really encourage new people to be in that field and, and improve the pipeline for young scientists there. 
Well, my guess is with all the different uh, connection points you've had now internationally, I'm wondering you've, if you've run across some trends. And so my question to you is, you know, what are the national and perhaps even global trends in terms of how other companies are implementing social impact effectively? You know, that's a good question. I think that... Um Fight for the Fight is pretty unique in that we sort of have roots in a company, but we are our own nonprofit and we are creating this model that other people can join in on. I think that that is probably different. I think collaboration is definitely not going away and is not new. And I think that what Fight for the Fight does is just operate from a place of abundance and not scarcity. So we're not, if you worked at one cancer center, you might not want to encourage another cancer center to, to fundraise in your community, but we can kind of be agnostic and we can, we can just sort of fund things, um, as a organization without, without that concern that we're, you know, there's a scarcity issue. I think that whenever we can come from a place of abundance, we're going to do better. Well, I could agree with you more. Uh, the perspective of an abundance mindset over a scarcity mindset is so critical. Thanks for sharing that. Now, in light of the growing momentum of social impact models, particularly in the corporate giving space, in your opinion, should nonprofits change their fundraising strategy altogether and specifically how they approach donor engagement? Could you speak to that a bit? It's interesting. I, I mean, I think I'm not in the position probably to tell nonprofit leaders how to run their organizations. But for me, I think fight for the fight is a way to dream big and to do things differently. And I think just looking at a problem and saying, OK, this isn't a sustainable model to think that we're just going to have billionaires out there building centers. And, and how do we actually crack this a different way? And how do we make everyday transactions extraordinary and let people be a part of this in a way, you know, bringing new donors into the fold? So so not I guess my advice would be and I think we all have learned this through so many different election cycles, but that your donor can be someone who's giving $5. And I think that could be very meaningful for them. And they could be walk with you and your organization their whole life. Similar to Qualtrics, you know, our first customers were in the academic institute. So that's not necessarily an easy market to crack into. They're probably some of the toughest customers out there. But once those people used Qualtrics and then they went on to do big jobs after graduation, then they wanted Qualtrics then. So if someone, you know, a millennial or someone who's even younger, my kids donate $5 and they get into that, that exercise and they, that becomes a habit and they're giving $5 per month or they're giving $5 per pay period at their first job, it feels like a big deal. And that will just exercise that muscle and help them understand that giving is going to be built into their life, right? And I think that's what we're trying to do is create a company where philanthropy is a way of doing business. And, and we're not just going to do it at the end of our lives. We're not going to do it when we make a lot of money. We're going to be doing it in a way that walks with us and it's kind of built into the DNA of our company. And hopefully Five for the Fight has a role in that. Um, right now we're launching a new website with products and ways people get, can get involved. They can donate their birthday. They can do a campaign at their school. And we've seen these companies, these schools come forward, a basketball team, for example, they want to wear the patch like the Utah Jazz players. And so they'll say, we're going to dedicate the season to grandpa and everyone, all the kids will dedicate it to someone in their lives with cancer. And uh, I'll tell you, the coaches say those that's like the, been the most meaningful season that they've had, that they've coached, you know, that they obviously learned a lot on the court, but they also had this opportunity to really learn about how they can 
give back to their community and what those dollars are actually doing. So how then we can have a conversation about science and then we can talk about how things are funded and um, how cancer works and how cancer spreads. So there's so many things we can learn from just one opportunity with with something like Five for the Fight. Now, I had asked earlier about what kind of trends you were seeing nationally or even internationally when it comes to for-profit companies working alongside nonprofit organizations. Now, with this question, I want to narrow my focus a bit to just trends within the private sector and for-profit companies exclusively. And here's my question. Do you believe that Qualtrics is setting a new trend for other for-profit companies that is prompting other companies to fundamentally change how they're investing in social impact? Or do you feel like Qualtrics still is more of an outlier at this point? When you look at companies that really focus on having women at the table, they do better. The business improves. And so I think that that's also the same for companies that share um, their cause and talk about their cause and make it a part of conversations with customers. I mean, I will have conversations at our XM um, or Experience Summit that we have, X4. I'll have conversations there. We'll weave in that experiences with our cause, like fight for the fight at that event. And here's, you know, here I am head of social impact. They are the head of customer insights at their company, but we're having a real interaction about someone that we love who had cancer. And it's just a chance for us to really have a, have a real moment. And I think that the world is always going to run better when we have these, we really see each other. So we try to just carve out experiences where we can actually talk about real things. And I think that Again, companies are made up of people. And so this is just the way people are going to be doing business is to um, include a social impact as part of their objectives. Now, I realize this may be a little early to, to have any data on this, but my question is this. What do you think is the long-term impact for social entrepreneurs and nonprofit leaders if they're able to both learn from and apply the principles of what you're doing in and through Qualtrics? What would you say to that? Well, I think that the long-term impact is that we're like you say in your intro, we're trying to solve our time's biggest problems. And so, um, you know, cancer is the emperor of all maladies. As I said, it's the disease of our generation. So I believe we want to be the generation to end cancer. And I know Mr. Huntsman believed that when he talked to Ryan, that we could be that. So, so that's the big dream that I have is that we actually, uh, treat cancer as a disease that can be, you know, can be maintained. Um, but as far as in other areas, I think walking alongside causes not, not necessarily think we have the answers to everything, but becoming a listening ear for, um, the people that need our support the most and making sure that those people are at the table too. So we don't just operate in a vacuum. Um, business leaders don't operate in a vacuum. They, they need to, you know, really be listening to what, um, to what issues are out there and who's impacted by them and, and how to really help solve them together. So I think, I don't know. I think, I think we're just cracking this code. I think heads of social impact, that's a new thing. I haven't seen that until a couple of years ago. And so I think having a dedicated person really just shows you that CEOs are serious about this and that they need to have someone dedicated to it and have a team dedicated to it and, and really um, make sure it's, it's a, a big part of their their leadership strategy. Well, my guest again today has been Lori Morenci Kuhn. She is Qualtrics head of social impact, and she shared all about how Qualtrics is seeking to make a significant social impact, not just a financial one. 
Well, this has been a fascinating conversation. Thanks so much again for your time. So if people want to find out more about Qualtrics or about you, where would you send them? So Qualtrics is Q-U-A-L-T-R-I-C-S, Qualtrics.com. Um, we're also on social media, obviously five for the fight. I hope everyone can go to the number five for the fight.org. We're launching our website or new website soon. So it should be fun. And then personally, I'm on Twitter at Lori, L O R I M K U N and, um, love to interact with other nonprofit leaders there. And I invite everyone to really think about who their five would be for. So my five is for my mom. I lost her almost a year ago next week. Kind of crazy, but I started... I started my job at Qualtrics. Uh, I'd been in cancer research pretty much my whole career, but I started doing it this way with this tech company um, the day my mom was diagnosed, ironically. So spent really a whole year caring for her and working from the infusion suite. So I just, I couldn't be more motivated. And she was there when we launched fight for the fight at the Utah jazz game. So we became the first cause marketing partnership of all of North America in, uh, professional basketball. So Qualtrics paid for that patch, you know, and they could have put their name on it, but they decided let's do things differently. Let's put, let's make this, um, an opportunity for people to really understand that there's a need for cancer research and funding and that we can all be a part of it. So it was really pretty special to have her there when we launched it. Um, and it's been fun to see, to see it grow. And, and, and I guess, um, one thing I would say to it just in as a last thought is that, you know, mostly I've witnessed through adversity come these huge ideas that will make great impact. And so I look at Mr. Huntsman who lost his mom, his mom died in his arms. And that's really the catalyst for him building this world renowned cancer research center. Same thing with Ryan watching his dad who, who, who ended up doing really well and is still a part of the company today saying, okay, what can we do for cancer patients everywhere? How can we make this not just a Qualtrics thing, but an everybody thing. And, you know, just personally that I can get up every day and think I'm doing this in honor of the, the people that we've lost and the people who are going through it now. I know people who are listening, there are people going through it right now. Um, and so I do it in her honor and so many people that I've, that we've all come to love, you know, in our, in our lives. So obviously everyone has something that they're passionate about. And I would just say taking that adversity, um, you never know where it could lead. I wanted to let you know that we are on iTunes. If you are wondering how to find out where we are, check us out on iTunes by typing Nonprofit Leadership Podcast or Rob Harder, and this podcast should show up. We also encourage you, when you go on iTunes, let us know what you think. Give us a review. Give us a rating. We would love to hear what you think of this podcast, and your feedback will help us expand this podcast to get it out to as many people as we can. You can also go online to listen to this podcast, either nonprofitleadershippodcast.org or my website, robharder.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep making your world better.